The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Hold your Bible, lift it up real high and shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, Namtlanje, Vandach, Nasjaye. I will learn from God's word and my life will never be the same again. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hallelujah. We're still talking about the mind or the heart and mouth connection. And this is our uh, final installment uh, talking about the heart and the mouth uh, connection. So uh, a few weeks ago or a month ago, we started a series talking about the heart and the mind and how it is important in the life of a believer. Amen. Uh, We read several scriptures and we discovered that the heart is actually the center uh, that, that determines the course of your life. And with that, we also discovered in Luke chapter number 6, verse 45, uh, that the mouth is also connected to your heart. And it's very important uh, for you to also learn how to use your mouth to your advantage. Amen. And so scripture tells us in Luke chapter number 6, verse 45, it says a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth that which is good. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, brings forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So, scripture here says, uh, whatever you put in your heart in large enough quantities will find itself in your mouth. And we have another scripture that's as powerful in uh, Proverbs chapter number 18, Uh, verse 21, which says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So both death and life are resident in the power of the tongue. And we say this, that here where we live in the earth, there is nothing more extreme than death and life. These are uh, uh, extremities. Uh, They are at the opposite uh, ends of the extreme of where we live here. You are either dead or you are alive. And yet, the Bible declares that the power to control it is resident in your mouth. Can you imagine? The Bible declares that the power to control the force of death is in your mouth. It is in the words that you speak. To control the force of, of life is in your mouth. And here I have to say, as extreme as death and life are, the power to drag things over there from the extremity of death into the extremity of life, is resident in your mouth. We saw uh, a a vivid picture in the story of Ezekiel. He was asked to go into a valley that was full of dry bones. And the Bible tells us that these bones were very dry. This situation represents a, a total hopelessness and impossibility. Yet God said to Ezekiel, all I want you to do is speak to these bones and they will live. 
and Ezekiel began to speak to those bones. And with his mouth, he literally dragged that situation, which was on the extremity of death, all the way to over here into the extremity of life. And with your mouth, you can too. You can begin to drag things that are dying in your life relationships that are dying in your life, when your purpose and your dreams are dying in your life, when your body is dying, man, you can speak to your body and drag by force and using the authority that Jesus bestowed on you, you can literally drag your body from being dead and being tired, amen, and being beaten down by addictions and being beaten down by confusion, stress, anxiety. You can literally drag your body, your life, your soulish realm from death all the way to the extremity of life. And this power comes with a lot of responsibility. You know why? Because you can also drag the things that were over here on the extremity of life flourishing. You can literally drag relationships that were flourishing from the extremity of life all the way to the extremity of death. Amen? And so the power to release life and the power to release death, and by death here, is not strictly talking about you ceasing to exist. He's talking about everything that came into the earth as a result of Adam and Eve doing what they did in the garden. Amen? And we know that anxiety is a part of death. Sickness is a part of death. Uh, worry is a part of death. Uh, poverty is a part of death. And all these things will begin to take full uh, uh, authority and they will be activated to operate in your life through the words that you say. So you need to be careful. You need to pay attention, firstly, to what you put in your heart and secondly, to what you say with your own mouth. The only thing you should be saying is God's word. We said uh, in this concept, we are not talking about positive affirmation. We're not talking about you just saying some nice stuff. Like just wake up in the morning and say, oh, today is going to be a good day. Oh, yeah, I'm going to make my target today. That's great. You can go uh, to a certain level with that, but you won't go all the way. What we're talking about is confession, which is the Greek word homologio. Where we get the word homo, there it means one, and logio, where we get the logos of God's word. So what we're talking about is we're talking about saying the same thing as God is saying. Why should you be saying the same thing that God is saying? Because God watches over his word to perform it. And when you start saying what God is saying, you have heaven to back you up. Amen. And so, what you should be saying every single day of your life is what God says in His Word. Hallelujah. Man, this will set you free. What you should be confessing with your mouth is what the Word of God says. Who you should be relating to as yourself, your identity, is who the Word of God says you are. Amen. Not what the environment says you are. Not what the situation dictates. That you are, but what the word of God uh, says uh, that you are. Amen. Let's go quickly to Colossians chapter number 2, verse 6. Colossians chapter number 2, uh, verse 6. The apostle Paul is writing to the church at Colossae, and this is what he says. He says, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. 
So, the Apostle Paul is saying, just the same way you received Christ Jesus, that's the same way you should begin to operate and function in him. Now, question is, how did you receive Christ Jesus? Let's go to Romans chapter number 10, verse 9. It says, just like you received Christ Jesus, that's how you're going to function in the kingdom. Amen? I said amen. And how did you do it? Let's go to Romans 10, verse 9. It says in Romans 10, verse 9, that if you or if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So he said here, the way you receive Jesus is the way you should walk, Colossians 2, 6. And how did you receive Jesus? You believed in your mouth and you said it. When you finish saying what you said, having believed in your heart, you were literally translated from death to life. You were literally translated from darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Through the words that you spoke, there was a radical transformation. You were no longer an old creature. Old things had passed away and behold, Everything became new. Everything that's radical happened because you believed in your heart and you confessed with your mouth. And then he goes on to say, that's the same way you're going to function in the kingdom of God. And so when you walk around saying sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me, man, you are out of line from God's word. You're missing it. Amen? Because words will kill you. You have to be careful what kind of words you use. Quickly, let's go to Daniel chapter number 10. The way you got born again is the same way you function in the kingdom of God. If you're writing down notes, you may want to write that down. The way you got born again is the same way you function in the kingdom of God. I'm going to be giving you a little, uh, a few nuggets as we go along uh, today. And the second nugget that I want to give you is your faith will never rise above the level of your confession. Did you hear that? Your faith will never rise above the level of your confession. Your, con your faith will always operate at the level that you confess. So if you confess that I'm just a grasshopper in the eyes of uh, giants, your faith, even though it has the potential to move mountains, it is literally shrunk to that level. Why? Because your faith will never rise above the level of your confession. It is literally brought back to operate at the level of what you are saying. Amen? I said amen. Daniel chapter number 10 from verse 1 to 3. So Daniel had prayed a prayer and it took about three weeks for him to see uh, uh, the answer to his prayer. And this is what happened in Daniel chapter number 10 from verse 1 to 3. In the third year of King Cyrus, the king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, and the, king was, the thing was true, but the time appointed was long. In other words, Daniel prayed, but it took long for him to see his answer. And so Daniel was concerned, and he understood the thing, and he had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. So Daniel went on a fast uh, for three full weeks. And here I have to say, you know, uh, Daniel didn't go on a fast to move God. Because God has already moved by grace. Fasting does not move God. 
Fasting moves you. Amen. God has already moved by grace and God is not stuck. Fasting moves you when point at your neighbor and say when Fasting moves you, amen? And so Daniel understood this. Why do I say fasting moves you? Uh, a little uh, a side trail here. Fasting moves you because sometimes God is speaking, but there's just so much noise spiritually, and sometimes you have to strip away all of that noise coming from your flesh so you can hear God's voice clearly, so you can fine-tune. It is like uh, when we used to have those old radio with a, with a tuning knob, where you had to really tune to get to the frequency. That's what fasting is doing to your heart. It is fine-tuning your heart, making your heart sensitive, stripping off of all the fat and of all the, 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 the flesh so that you can, you, can, you can hear clearly God's voice. Amen? That's what fasting is for. Fasting is not to try and convince God. Fasting is not, you know, I'm fasting for a job. God, look, I'm serious. I'm even staying away from food. Look, God, God, you better do something. Fasting is not throwing a tantrum to try and get a reaction from God. Amen? Man, you know what I'm talking about. Verse 3. He said, I ate no pleasant bread, neither came uh, flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all, till three whole weeks were fulfilled. And let's go to verse 12, and let's see what happened. <clears throat> verse 12, then the angel came, we know that, in fact, let's start from verse uh, 10, let's start from verse 10, let's see what happened there in uh, verse 10, and behold, while he was, you know, fasting for 21 days, right, right, he says, and behold, and a hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon uh, the palms of my hands. Next verse. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright, for unto thee I am sent. And when he had spoken his word unto me, I stood trembling. So the angel is speaking to Daniel. Now watch what happened uh, in uh, verse uh, 12. Then said he unto me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day, from the what? I didn't hear that. I almost heard that. He said, from the first day, thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten before thy God. Thy words were heard. In other words, God answered Daniel's prayer on day one. But it took 21 days, and, and the angel explains why it took 21 days. He says, and I have come for thy words. Next verse. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia, this is why it took so long. There was warfare in the spiritual realm. He says, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and 20 days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. So God answered on the first day, but it took 21 days to come into manifestation because there was some sort of uh, opposition. But I like what the angel said in verse 12. Let's go back to verse 12. I just want you to see this. When he came, he said, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you did uh, set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before God, thy words were heard. And I have come for thy, I didn't hear that, 
So the angel said, Daniel, I just want to let you know that I have come because of your words. Man, I wish everything that happened in our lives introduced itself this way. It would make us pay more attention to the words that we speak. You know, when you're trying to do a math equation or when you're trying to work a spreadsheet and then you struggle and then you hit your head like this and you say, man, I'm just so stupid. I wish stupidity would come and knock on your door. Ding dong. And before, it's fully manifested in your life. Ding dong. And then you open the door and say, who's this? It's stupidity. What are you here for? I have come. Amen? You know, when, with those of you who are married, the way you talk to your wife, you talk to your husband, you say, you are, you are the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. I wished when your husband, the next time your husband act dumb, I wish there was a little spirit somewhere just kind of sticking out. And he says, oh, by the way, he's acting this way because of thine words. Man, it would make you pay attention to everything that you say. Amen? I said, amen. The angel said, I left heaven and came to you to deliver an answer to your prayer simply because of your words. You know why? Because angels respond to our words. Angels are real. They are not fairy tale. Amen. You know, some people think when we talk about angels, they say, man, oh, there they go again. Man, angels are real. It's not fairy tale. Amen? Let's go to Hebrews chapter number 1, verse 14. Let me show it to you. Angels are real. Hebrews chapter number 1, verse 14. It says, therefore, angels are only servants. I'm reading in the New Living Translation, if you don't mind. It says, therefore, angels are only servants, spirits sent to care for people who will inherit salvation? How many people have inherited salvation up in here? Oh, yeah. You are the ones who angels have been sent to to take care of you. So angels are not to be worshipped. Angels are to be given responsibilities. And you issue responsibilities to angels by following the protocol of how, you, how to issue uh, responsibilities uh, to angels. Let's go to Psalm 103 from verse 20. Now that you know that you have an angel, you have, some of you have uh, hundreds, some of you thousands of angels that are just waiting to serve you. But for them to serve you effectively, you're going to have to learn how to delegate responsibilities to them. Can I get an Amen. Hallelujah. Man, at our house, we have uh, uh, a few people that help us do stuff at the house. You know, some of the stuff I like to do myself, but when it comes to the garden, sometimes I get someone to come in and they help me and I, I give them instruction on what I want them to accomplish and I pay them for uh, whatever services that uh, uh, they render unto me. But when they come to help me, I can assure you, I ain't even picking up a fork. You know why? Because I got someone to help me. Amen? But I need to be able to tell them or to delegate responsibility for them to be able to help me effectively. And this is how you do it. Psalm 103 uh, from verse 20. I'm reading now back in the 
uh, uh, King James, if you don't mind. <clears throat> it says, uh, bless the Lord you, his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. It says angels excel in strength, but the way they excel in strength or the way they become dynamic and explosive in strength is by hearkening unto the voice of the word. In other words, when angels hear God's word, they spring into action. So angels aren't going forth when they hear complaining. Or better yet, murmuring does not activate angels to do anything for you. Angels excel in strength. They go to work, hearkening unto the voice of his word. When you take God's word and you voice activate it with your mouth, angels are paying attention to that and they go to action. He just told us in Daniel that I have come because of your words. Where did he hear those words? Out of Daniel's mouth. You're going to have to learn how to start activating angels by speaking life and releasing life through God's word. It's probably going to be one of the hardest things you'll ever do uh, as a believer. It is to maintain a lifestyle of speaking God's word. Oh, casting devils is the easiest one. You know why? Because you do it in the spare of the moment. And you can recollect yourself and say, Puma! And the demons have no choice but to obey you. But when it's a lifestyle, we're talking about eight hours of your day from eight to five. What you, what you going to be talking about? Are you activating your angels? Or are you keeping them stuck? Man, here I have to say some of your angels are still brand new angels. Have you ever... No mileage. I mean, homies are just standing there waiting. Just, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe today, maybe today you'll say something from God's word. Well, maybe today. At least they went to church. Hopefully today the complaining and murmuring will stop. Maybe they'll say something from God's word. <laughs> and they're talking to other angels. Oh, but they, did, did your believer say anything from God's word? No. Where do they go? To? They go to that faith you church where they talk about faith and they're even telling them to start speaking God's word. Maybe during this series there may be a transformation. But I'm telling you, as you walk out of the door, they're back at it. Ah, yeah, things are tough. And the angel's like, come on, man. You can say something better. You can say something from God's word. You can say something else. And it doesn't take any more effort to say something from God's word that, than it does to complain and mama. Let's practice. Someone shout, I am born again, equipped, and empowered for success. Money comes to me now in Jesus' name. As opposed to, you know what, I'm just broke. Man, I'll never amount to anything. Oh, this month, oh, this month is even tougher than last month. Oh, man, my body, ooh, my body is catching on to this thing. My back is sore. Well, instead of saying my back is sore, you can say back, be healed in Jesus' name. 
Isaiah 53 verse 5 says, He was wounded for my transgressions, bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him, and with his stripes I am healed. Therefore, back I command you, be healed in Jesus' name. Man, I get to pray with people all the time. And one of the things uh, that I find interesting is that people just cherish. I mean, they just love to talk about their problems. And here I am, the pastor, I'm listening, but I'm like, come on, let's speed it up, get to the conclusion so I can pray for you. But they're like, no, no, pastor, you haven't heard enough. And then the doctor said. <laughs> then after the doctor said, we went to the test, and then when I'm, I'm thinking, man, I don't need to hear any of that anymore. All I want to is to get to the part where we release life. But you know what they're trying to do? They're trying to drag me over there for, into that realm of uh, a sympathy. Sympathy has no result. Sympathy will just give you a nice stroke on the back and just a pat on the Oh, it's going to be all right and give you a hug, but you'll still walk away with your problems. You know what is solutions? It's compassion. And compassion speaks life. Amen? Man, when you keep your eyes fixed on what Jesus accomplished on the cross, you are all about solutions. You're not about sympathizing. Man, I truly understand when people are going through stuff, sometimes they just want to pour out. But guess what? That's the wrong way to do it. The right way to do it is to pour out life through your mouth. And when you do that, that life is going to infuse every cell, every tissue, every organ of your body. It will have to conform to life. Because the power is in the seed of the word of God. Can I get an amen? Let's go to James uh, chapter number 3 from verse 1 to 5. So angels serve us through the word that we put in our mouth. They don't respond to complaining and murmuring. Amen. I said amen. Let's go to James chapter number 3. I'm going to read from verse uh, 1 to 5, and I want to read it in the Amplified, if you don't mind. James chapter number 3, from verse 1 to 5. In the Amplified, <clears throat> thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. If you have it, you can say, I have it. And it says, not many of you should become teachers, self-constituted censors, and reprovers of others. Before we even talk about the power of the tongue, this is a little nice uh, a side trail. He says here, not many of you should become teachers. The reason he's saying that, uh, he tells us, he says, for you know that we who are teachers will be judged by a higher standard and with greater severity than other people. Thus we assume the greater accountability and the more condemnation. He's not saying that teachers are going to be judged by the Old Testament covenant. What he's saying is this. When you uh, take the responsibility or the office of a teacher to teach others, uh, it comes uh, with a higher level of accountability. You know why? I found, this, I found out this way. Uh, I found out this the hard way. You know, when I went on television uh, with TBN, uh, I mean, I would start walking down the streets, and I didn't even realize this, that all of a sudden, because I was on TV, I knew everything. 
I mean, I would walk down the street. I kid you not. Someone would just walk up to me and say, and so what should I do with my life? I mean, they would give me uh, a synopsis of what's been happening in 30 seconds. And the next question, what should I do with my life? Bro, I don't even know what to do with my own life. <laughs> Talking about. I mean, I'd, I'd, it would do my ego really good to think that I know everything. But I know better than that. I don't know much. Okay? But because I was on TV, everybody thought I knew everything. You know why? Because when you assume that office or that responsibility of a teacher, hey man, you're going to have to learn how to be accountable to God because it comes with a certain level of influence and responsibility. Amen? And besides that, you don't sit into that office to be a self-constituted censor and a reprover of others. This is why you never hear me teach a sermon against what somebody else believes. And there's a trap. You know, when I started learning uh, about grace and the grace of God and the true gospel, man, there was a huge temptation uh, to just walk around pointing and say, that's not grace. Hey, that's not grace. <laughs> that's not grace. <laughs> I know grace. You don't know grace. No, God hasn't called you to be that way. Amen. He has called you first to live it out. And as you live it out, guess what? You're going to get an opportunity to influence others for the positive. You should never, ever be known for what you stand against. You should be known for what you stand for. Amen? Otherwise, you're going to be falling into that trap. But anyway, watch what it says in uh, verse 2. Verse 2. For we all often stumble and fall and offend in many places. In, and if anyone does not offend in speech, never says the wrong things, he's a fully developed character and a perfect man able to control his whole body and to curb his entire nature. So he says if you're able to control the words of your mouth, you'll be able to control your whole body. You've been having challenges uh, with your body? Hey, listen. Start learning how to speak God's word. He says over there, you'll be able to control your whole body and curb your entire nature. Amen? If you learn how to use your speech, you'll start winning. Watch what he says in verse 3. If we set bits in the horse's mouths to make them obey us, we can turn their whole bodies about. He's talking about a horse. So first of all, you are saying your mouth has the ability to control your own body. Your mouth even has the ability to control a horse. And he's using that as a, as a metaphor. Uh, parabolically, he's using a horse to give you a, a, a picture of what he's talking about and of how powerful your words are. A big horse, muscular uh, a horse sometimes weighs uh, 1,200 kilograms. When it comes to strength, you and I are no match to a horse. Yet, we can control a big muscular animal through putting bits in his mouth. Through the tongue, you can literally turn the horse. You can tell it to jump and it will jump. You can tell it what to do by controlling the tongue. And he's saying in the same way, you can control your life through even, even if you're faced with strong, challenging things, as strong as a horse. You can stop them by learning how to use your mouth to release glad tidings. 
The only thing you should be letting proceed out of your mouth is glad tidings. He tells us, he says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is edifying so that it may minister grace to the hearer. The only thing you should be doing is speaking life. And when you start speaking life that way, it doesn't matter how challenging the situation is. It doesn't matter how strong of a stronghold it is, you begin to turn it around and move it into the direction of life. Now watch what else he says, verse 4. Likewise, look at sheep. So he started with your body and he went to the horse. Now he's bringing something else a little bigger and more overwhelming, right? He says, likewise, look at the ships. Though they are so great and are driven by rough winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the impulse of the helmsman determines. Verse 5. Even so. Someone say even so. So he's saying, I said all of that to come back to this. Even so, the tongue is a little member and it can boast of great things. See how much a wood or how great a forest, a tiny spark can set ablaze. He's literally saying you can trace back the chaotic areas of your life back to a spark. You know, when you see raging fires in some areas of your life, he's saying you can trace it all the way back to a spark. And that spark is a word that proceeded out of your mouth. Amen. I said amen. So what we should learn to do is to start releasing God's word. What we should learn to do is to start cooperating with God and taking a hold of everything that Jesus paid for on the cross. And that's what we should start speaking. That's what we should start releasing through the words of our mouth. I told you last week that God hasn't called us to be social commentators. He has called us to be people who use our words to direct the destiny of our lives, not just our lives, to direct the destiny of our cities and our communities. Because ships are little cities. And he's saying, as big as that little city is, and in the middle of the ocean, driven uh, and, and going against rough waves and seas, guess what? You can still pierce through those waves. You can still pierce through those storms. Through using a little rudder, just like you can pierce through the storms of life for a community by speaking life and speaking God's word. Man, this is powerful. I know, you know, when they first reintroduced this concept uh, to the church, a lot of people thought that what we were preaching was just going around naming it and claiming it. That's not what we're saying. We're not saying you should go around touching people's cars and say, I claim this one's car in Jesus' name. That's not going to work. That's not what we're talking about. Blab it and grab it. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is homologio. What we're talking about is taking God's word and put it in your mouth. And as you do, guess what? Things will begin to turn around. Quickly, let's go to Job chapter number 22, verse 29. We're going to close with this. Job chapter number 22, verse 29. I just want to remind you uh, of something that we talked about uh, already. We just want to make sure that you get it. Job chapter number 22, uh, verse 29. In fact, let's start in verse 28 today. Verse 28. 
Watch what he says in verse 28. He says, you, who? Who? Who be you? Man, this is so powerful. You know why? Because this power hasn't been given to the pastor. This power hasn't been given to the ANC or the DA. This power has been given to whoever you will see in the mirror. He says you. And I love it. You know why? Because it means if my life is going the wrong way, I can certainly start turning it around because you be me. Or me, you. You know, the Bible. That's me. He's talking about me. Amen. He says you shall also decide and decree a thing. And it shall be established for, man, you get to decide, you get to decree a thing, and whatever you decide and decree on, it shall be established for you. And the light of God's favor shall shine upon your ways, but it starts with decreeing a thing. And watch what else he says uh, in verse 29. Let's read it in the King James, please. Verse 29. Ooh, yes. Verse 29, if you don't mind. Thank you, Jesus. He says, when men are cast down, then thou shalt say, men are cast down. Amen. Did you see that? When men are cast down, then you shall say, men are cast down. He didn't say that. Does he want you to lie? No, he doesn't want you to lie. He wants you to start learning how to use your mouth to release life. Speaking of things that are not as though they are, and they become. Can you imagine God standing in Genesis chapter number 1, verse 1, and he says there was chaos, darkness was upon the face of the deep. Can you imagine God standing there and saying, yo, there's darkness. And it's upon the face of the deep. What would have happened? Nothing. Now, let's bring it closer to home. Can you imagine you just standing in the middle of a bank account that's depleted, saying, yo, this bank account is depleted. What will happen? Can you imagine you living your entire body in a sickly, your entire life in a sickly body, and you keep making a commentary about it? Oh, my, my back hurts. Oh, man, my head. Oh, yeah, I have seasonal migraines. What's going to happen? Nothing. Nothing is going to happen. God hasn't called you to make a commentary of what's going on. He hasn't called you to be a social commentator. He has called you to be a divine orchestrator. He has called you to say something else that's different. He says when men are cast down, you don't say men are cast down. You say there is a lifting up. The fact is men are cast down, but the truth is there is a lifting up. And when you say there is a lifting up, he shall save the humble person. Did you see that? Man, that's what you and I are called to. We are called to speak life. We are called to take God's word, put it in our mouth, and release it into all areas of our life. Why don't you stand on your feet? Did that bless you? We're going to speak to a few areas of your life. Before you go this morning, we want to talk to your finances. Thank you, Jesus. 
Remember, he hasn't called you to just make a commentary of what's going on in your finances. He has called you to be a divine orchestrator. We want to talk to your finances, and I want you to say, my money money is right for everything everything that God has called me me to accomplish. accomplish. Not a penny less in Jesus' name. I have all the resources that I need to accomplish my God-given purpose on the earth. All my needs are met according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God's grace, God's sufficiency is on me and I have everything that I need and plenty left over to be a blessing to others. I am a generous person. Therefore, I do not lack opportunity and I do not lack ability and I do not lack Kairos moments. I do not lack divine connections. World, open up. Resources, open up. Angels, I send you. Go to the east to the west, to the south, to the north, and bring all the resources into my life that I need to accomplish my God-given purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to talk to you. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to talk to your body. Amen. You, you ready to talk to your body? We want you to talk to your body, every cell. Every tissue, every organ, I command you to line up with God's word. From today onwards, you shall function to the perfection. You will resume perfect function for which you were created by Almighty God. Sickness, disease, I command you right now, go in Jesus' name. Every cell, every tissue is purified by the blood of Jesus. My mind is alert. My mind is the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Therefore, worry anxiety, stress, I command you, go right now in Jesus' name. Addictions, I command you to leave my life right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Man, especially this generation, man, when we are addicted to all kinds of things, we are addicted to sugar, some of you can do without sugar. Some of you can do without TV. Some of you can do without social media. Some of you can do without sport. All of those things that will just start controlling your life at some point. And you don't need to submit to them. You need to submit to the power of the Word of God. Man, you can be delivered instantly. And then you start to renew your mind and grow in your freedom and in your deliverance. Amen? 
But Jesus can deliver you instantly. To come out of those, all those uh, addictions, all of those challenges uh, that have been tormenting you for all these years. Someone shout tumors. Growths. I command you to leave my body right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. And if you have a tumor and a growth in your body, man, we're speaking to that tumor. We're speaking to that growth and we command it to leave your body right now in Jesus' name. Amen. See, some of your testimonies are not going to be uh, you having to fall sick and then you go through all these challenges and then you get a positive report from the doctors and then after that, praying and then we lay hands on you then you get healed and then you give a testimony. No, some of your deliverance stories are going to be, Pastor T, I really felt a tumor in my body. Now I don't feel it anymore. Amen. Just last week we had someone who really was sick and they felt that something in their liver going on and they really knew exactly what was going on in their body and they were uh, in, in, in absolute panic. They were not sure what to do. And then, you know, we prayed with them and we said, God is going to deliver you. And they called my wife back and they said, hey, God actually healed me because I knew exactly what was going on in my body. It was not lacquer. And God completely delivered me and healed me. And when I got that report from the doctors, it was just a confirmation of something that had already transpired in my spirit and in my body. And that's what's going to happen to some of you. We want to talk to joints, uh, uh, limbs, ankles, knees. We want to talk to hips and uh, uh, shoulder pain. We want to talk. Man, you don't have to live. You can choose to, but you don't have to live your life that way. You can live your life free of pain. I told you, this is a pain-free zone. Someone shout shoulders. I command you right now. To receive healing in the name of Jesus. Complete healing. Complete deliverance. In the name of Jesus. Hips, I command you to receive complete healing and complete deliverance. Back, I command you to receive complete healing and complete deliverance. Knees, I command you. To receive complete healing and complete deliverance. Ankles, I command you to receive complete healing and complete deliverance. In the name of Jesus. Ears, be healed. Mouth, be restored. Sinuses, clear up. Eyes, be restored. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Can I have some volume? Thank you, Jesus. Pastor, do you mind if we also speak for, I, I believe there are people trying to fall pregnant, um, and we just want to speak to your wombs right now. If you're watching online, I just want you to say these words after me. Amen. I thank you, Father, that it is your desire that I have a baby. Children are your reward. And so right now, I speak to my womb. I command it 
to function in the perfection to which God created it to function. And I refuse, I refuse for any more malfunction in my womb, in the name of Jesus. Cis fibroids out of my womb right now in the name of Jesus. My baby will be healthy. I speak health. I speak life into my baby in the name of Jesus. I speak against any disability. I speak against any deformity. I speak against any disease in my baby's body in the name of Jesus. No evil shall befall my baby. Neither shall any calamity come near my baby in the name of Jesus. And we all say amen and amen. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Well, we have said it. We have said it. And it is so. Why don't we give God a big shout of praise? Why don't we give God a shout of praise? Because we have said it. And it is so. God is so good. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for your awesome word this morning. Father, we thank you for teaching us every day to speak life over ourselves, to speak life over our children, to speak life over our families, to speak life over our businesses, our careers, our job. And so, Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your greatness. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all say amen and amen. And please remember these words by 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We love you. God loves you. Amen. This will be your best week yet. Amen. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today. We